largest in the movie country is in the United States. Well, last year, their total revenue is $9 billion U.S. billion in 365 days in a whole country. But China, well, has completed that one-tenth or one-eighth of the revenue only in eight days. So you can imagine how large this potential in the movie market would be in China. So now the Chinese can watch films that not only have Chinese cultural themes and also tune to the taste of a younger audience, but that also are have the, the visual effect and the, just the quality of acting and the cinematography that any Hollywood movie has. Mostly, I think that this is a sign that China's film industry is getting better and better at producing very high quality films that are tailored to Chinese taste. I don't think that Hollywood movies have lost the Chinese market. They are still there, and they, they will be you know better in the future if they can produce better uh, movies. We, we are trying to, to see uh, if that works for us to spend about one and a half an hour or two hours staying in a cinema to, to look at the story that the director wants to show us. It's a lot of uh, correlations with our actual life. The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome to the Chat Lounge. I'm Tuyun. Joining our discussion on the outlook of China's movie market this year are David Moser, Associate Professor of Beijing Capital Normal University, Dr. Zhou Mi, Deputy Director, Institute of American and Oceania Study, Chinese Academy of International Trade and Economic Cooperation, and Dr. Chi Chang, Research Fellow, Beijing Foreign Studies University. Great to have you back on the show, gentlemen. So China's movie market has scored new highs, both in box office earnings and cinema admissions. During the nine-day Spring Festival holiday, the country grossed a whopping 8 billion yuan, or over 1 billion U.S. dollars, from within 160 million admissions. That's up over 18% and 26%, respectively, from a year ago. So first question goes to you all. Did you go to the movies during the Spring Festival holiday and any particular movie that you found impressive? Let's start with uh, Dr. Chi here in Beijing. Well, uh, unfortunately, I didn't go to any uh, movie theater, uh, but my family, they do go to the movie theater. Uh, they watched, uh, you know, uh, the Rala Guantan, which is, you know, a very, very, you know, uh, right. motivated you, movie. Yeah, uh, you only live once. I think that's YOLO in English, its title. Uh, okay, okay. Mm. Well, it's probably YOLO. I don't know about the English name, but uh, it is, it's very motivating. I described a, a woman in a reduced weight and, you know, uh, put on a very successful fight, not only on the arena, but also for her, you know, life. Mm. Well, I think this, uh, the re another reason why I didn't go there is I heard that there are so many people in the movie theater. Uh, only within eight days, uh, we've been created 1.1 billion U.S. dollar worth of the box, you know, uh, profit. Well, if you know that largest in the movie country is in the United States. Well, last year, their total revenue is 9 billion U.S. dollar, you know, in three th 365 days in a whole country. But China, well, has completed that, uh, you know, revenue uh, one-tenth or one-eighth of the revenue only in eight days. So you can imagine how large this potential market in the in the movie market would be in China. Indeed. And uh, what about Dr. Joe? 
sorry, me neither go to the theater, <laughs> but you know, I have to a uh, lot of uh, comments read you uh, read from the video short video platforms and also heard from some of my friends. They talked to me and they said it's uh, really exciting because uh, different stories are you know exhibited in different ways. Like for the YOLO that uh, Professor Chu has mentioned, it's really are encouraging people to fight against the fate, no matter where they come from. They can do better. They can try to identify themselves by doing hard. And for another story about uh, maybe led by uh, director Zhang Yimou, I don't know, it wasn't the real name. It's like the number Art- 20. Article Article yeah. 20. Article 20, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really touching. They said it's a really nice movie, not only trying to tell a story, but also encourage people to think about the laws, the regulations. How can we improve the laws and the regulations according to the fact? So there are so many uh, interesting movies. I, I think it's a really nice uh, movie season because in the past, we also observed many of the movies coming from Hollywood and also some of the science fiction ones, but this season is different. Mm, I I think they're both inspiring. What about David? You spent a holiday in Thailand. Maybe you haven't had a chance to watch any of them yet. Well, I'm I'm uh, at, I have spent the winter break here in Thailand um, with my wife who works here. Uh, but uh, you know, usually in the past, I could find Chinese movies very quickly after the release on YouTube, which I could just watch. But it seems like they've gotten much better with with the copyright on the films. <laughs> so I couldn't find. I can only find trailers. There's two films that I'm really curious about when I go back to Beijing. The first one is the Jialing film called Hai Mom. I mean, that was her film that I originally saw. It, it was called Ni Hao Li Huan Ying. The English name was Hai Mom. Yeah, that's released, so really, uh, I think, three, two or three years ago. Yeah, two or three years ago. So I was really curious about YOLO because I found that film, the, the Hai Mom, extremely moving. My, it was my students who uh, recommended it to me. They say that they saw it with their mothers. And they cried. And I thought, well, I better see this film. And I, I watched it online. And I, at the end of the movie, I was crying. I really was. I, I said, this is an amazing film for a Chinese film to really hit home like that for, mm-hmm. for me. So I'm really, really curious to see uh, if this, if Jialing's second film here is equally amazing and wonderful. It probably is. The other is I'm really curious about uh, Zhang Yimou because this Article 20 film is, uh, it goes back to uh, making a, a sort of a lighthearted or comic film, a comedy or something that's not so, so uh, you know, sort of awesome and impressive. Uh, he's, he's made so many movies that are these big productions that, that have very solemn kinds of historical content. And I'd really like, love to see him go back to, to doing a more low-key, everyday life kind of movie. So I really look forward to seeing those those two things. And I will go into the to the movie theater because I actually miss going into movie theaters, to tell the truth. Um, so I will definitely go to a movie theater and see both of these. Hopefully the crowds will have be, died down by then, but much less by then. Yeah. Anyway, you, you can feel the atmosphere there, even the audience or the crowds die down. But we've heard the, the records achieved during the holiday. And also, obviously, uh, Dr. Chu also mentioned how, how popular those movies are among a Chinese audience. David, are you surprised by the new records um, made this time? Uh, not so surprised. Are you saying in terms of the, the differential between the Hollywood films and the Chinese films or just the Chinese films? Just the, the records made during the whole uh, spring festival holiday. Yeah. Uh, generally well, speaking. One thing, one thing I realized is we've already seen huge record bo- box office with, with films like uh, The Battle of Lake uh, Tianjin, you know, 
we've, so we've already seen some, some films that had incredible box office. I think what's happening now, maybe uh, it's post-pandemic. I think people do have an, an urge to get back in society and, and back in sort of collective situations where you're with an audience and, and you know, instead of watching everything online. So I think there's, part of it is that. Part of it is the probably the economy is you know is booming a little bit more, but mostly I think that this is a sign that the Chinese film industry has gotten is getting better and better at producing very high quality films that are tailored to Chinese taste. It used to be you know I think you would have some very good Chinese films that had good acting and and have a good script, but uh, you know you can't beat the Hollywood budgets that have like tens of millions of dollars. And the production value is extremely good. China now has that. I think they, most most of these films were also very high budget films, and the the high quality of the film, the acting, the production, and even the promotion combined with the the themes which resonate with Chinese audiences. I think that's one of the reasons that some of these films are really are big hits now in the box office during this winter holiday. And、uh, Dr. Joe, what's your interpretation? Is it because of the you know pent up demand? I think that is、uh, one of the reasons, and I still believe that Spring Festival is very special in China because China Spring Festival is the time for the family to reunion, and、uh, some some of the days that people may go to the movie theaters together with their families. So it's a you know a really good time to、uh, share differences. We know that the seasons in the in the summer holidays it's different. There are maybe many of them are for the enjoyments, but for the Spring Festival, I believe that some touching stories are really nice choices, and also some of the science fictions are good choices too for me personally. So I, I believe that for Spring Festival, a lot of Chinese people are trying to enjoy the reunion together with delicious food and some of the cultural enjoyment and. The theaters are providing them with、uh, different choices. So, if you are looking at、uh, at these movies for this spring festival, you can find that many of them are not so exaggerated about the technology, about the you know some kind of uh, very uh, uh, special effects about movies, but trying to touch the people, especially the normal people, with the very uh, very. Uh, Uh, very touching stories and trying to encourage. So、uh, I think that、uh, for many of the, the the people of the audience, they can find some of the things in their own lives with the movies. So there are something that they can do it together and trying to think about their families to remind their you know their、uh, their stories, their memories. So it's a really nice、uh, communication between the director and the audience themselves. Indeed,、uh, but uh, Dr. Chu, the. Also, this kind of interpretation—it's because it's、uh, the most accessible leisure activity to enjoy at a time of slow economic growth. We know、um, back in 2009, U.S. box office revenue reached some new all-time highs because people used the movie theaters as psychological、uh, fallout shelters from the economic downturn. And、um, further back to、uh, the Great Depression between late 1920s and early 1930s. Actually, the Great Depression inspired Hollywood's golden age. Do you see any similarities here? Well, yes, I do think this is a universal pattern, and、uh, you know, development,、uh, you know,、uh, rhythm of the whole world. Well, if you are familiar also with the Chinese feng shui theory,、uh, you will know of、uh, starting actually from this year. It will be the year of fire, the fire and enlightenment, which means what is fire and enlightenment? Which means the whole circle of our society's development has, you know,、uh, entered a period of time featuring education, enlightenment, culture, entertainment, and something like that. 
so that's what we call the uh, period of time of enlightenment and fire. So every time when we see this period of time happens in the human society, uh, culture, industry, entertainment industry, we're always spoon, for example, like we just mentioned, you know, when economic when economy slows down in the you know, United States, but it appeared to be the golden period of time of the Hollywood. And similarly, Bollywood and India also, you know, rise up in a similar period of time when there are many things cannot be solved in the physical world. People turn into imagination, literature, movies, and cultures to find out wisdoms, inspirations, no matter from the scientific, you know, imagination or to their traditional culture deposit. There is always a, you know, direction people would like to find out. Also from this year's China, you will see the similar kind of a trend. For example, right, right now, Chinese economy is shifting gears and try to restructure it. And uh, Chinese culture market also boomed. You will find out actually, you know, this generation, the millennial generation of China, they more than anyone understand modern economy, internet, and etc. But they happen to be the toughest and the strongest fan for Chinese traditional culture. To see, well, probably in the last one year, in the past one year, the most successful movie is a epic legendary movie called the Chang'an 30,000 Miles. Mm-hmm. It's purely surrounding Chinese uh, traditional culture and literature, the poems and the poet. Well, not so many, you know, uh, you know uh, high-tech movie technologies in there, visual effects in there, just storytelling with traditional culture. But people are crazy about it. Similar story also happened in Japan, in America, in Korea movie market, similar like that. So I think right now we have entered another period of time of the social development. And also as Chinese old traditional uh, wisdom of feng shui has said, we have entered a period of time of fire or enlightenment. <laughs> That's quite a novel. You use the theory to explain it. But um, David, would you associate um, the, the boom on the Chinese movie market with um, sort of um, economic slowdown, like what you've uh, witnessed in, in the States? I think what the other two guests have said, uh, Professor Cho and Professor Xu, are, is basically correct. I, I think there are parallels in all of these countries. Whenever there is a sort of a slowdown, People need to get away from, and, and also just the problems like COVID and then the economic slumps. People need escapism, we call it. They want to escape the, the harsh realities of their daily life. And so it, it's very natural to turn to movies. But I, I don't think that's all of it. I also think this is a, a very auspicious time for the Chinese film industry because, first of all, you now have, you know, despite the economic slump, you still have a very large and, and growing middle class, uh, and especially younger people who have disposable income. Uh, and you also have increasing, just increasing quality of Chinese films. I myself have seen it. Uh, I remember going from back to the early 90s when I was in Beijing. The first time, the first Hollywood movie I think that was shown was an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. And of course, it was it was hugely popular because the Chinese movie industry had nothing of that kind of budget and those kinds of special effects. Nowadays, I would have to say, in terms of special effects, and including in terms of high quality animation, which is also a very difficult uh, industry to crack, the Chinese film industry has really risen uh, basically to international standards at all those levels. So now the Chinese can watch uh, films that not only uh, have Chinese uh, culture themes uh, and also to tune to the tastes of, of a younger audience, of the Chinese audience, but that, but that also are have, have the, the, the visual effect and, and the just the quality of acting and the cinematography that any Hollywood movie has. So I think 
now is the time, as long as directors keep producing high quality films that have good content, I think this is going to go, go on uh, indefinitely, no matter what the economic situation in China is. The, the film industry is really, really taking off. Mm. You mentioned Hollywood movies. I myself used to be a big fan of Hollywood films, too. But at this time, during the Spring Festival holiday, uh, there's this interesting phenomenon is that all nine movies released are homegrown, Chinese-made. So I'm wondering, David, how would you interpret such a phenomenon? Well, I think part of the answer is very simple. And I just gave the first part. Like the, the Chinese film industry is burgeoning and becoming better. Mm. Probably that's one reason. The other reason is something that I've witnessed not only in China, but in, in, in the United States and me personally, is that the age of these uh, superhero movies and these huge budget science fiction films and all, also these remakes of movies that even in the United States, box office for these films is going down. And it's because audiences are getting tired of the, the same sort of recycling of the same themes. And I mean, stop and think about it. How many Batman f- movies have we seen <laughs> in the last 20 years? I can even count them. So when, if a new Batman comes out, I think, what's the point? I've seen this a million times. Why see it again? The same thing goes with Spider-Man. And uh, other, they're trying to introduce other Marvel superheroes. But even the American audience is getting a little bit tired of it. And uh, they don't really even want to watch every single new uh, superhero costume movie. So I think that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, this is a kind of a sad aspect for me, I think. But because there's such an emphasis on huge blockbuster movies that, have, that are going to make hundreds of millions in profit, like the Barbie film, for example, those films sort of take the space that other smaller budget, more quality films with better content, you know, could occupy. And because those films are promoted so strongly and sort of dominate the screens, there are lots of other really high quality movies that are more low budget, more personal, more daily life themes that don't get talked about and don't get seen and don't get passed on. And I think that's a bad thing. And I hope that the American, at least the American film industry can go back to making smaller budget more uh, artistic films instead of uh, putting all the you know commercial weight and power behind these huge blockbusters uh, like Barbie and Oppenheimer and Transformers. Transformers is an example, a good example. Once it was very popular in China because Chinese kids used to watch the cartoon. But I don't even think a Transformers film would carry much box office right now in China if they had another one. I don't think it would be nearly as popular as it used to be. You're listening to the Chat Lounge. When we come back. Have Chinese moviegoers lost interest in Hollywood films? Discover the realities and responses to our changing climate with Climate Watch. Uncover critical issues such as the Maasai Mara's disrupted wildebeest migration and the drop in the Panama Canal's water levels. Delve into solutions for a sustainable future. Tune in to Climate Watch on your favorite podcast platform. Become more eco-conscious and take action to protect our planet. Welcome back to the Chat Lounge. We continue our discussion on the outlook of China's movie market in 2024. Dr. Chi, do you see any other reasons apart from you know the progress of uh, of Chinese movie industry itself? Um, say things are going slow in Hollywood in the first few weeks of the new year, or, or um, has a month-long um, actor strike in Hollywood had any impact here? Well, I, I do think those things are connected. 
uh, I just like that way. I just mentioned, yes, I think Hollywood, I'm not saying they're dying. Hollywood is awesome for sure. They're pioneering the whole movie industry, but they are, and they indeed are, you know, uh, readjusting to the changes. Uh, AI is booming, but um, technology is basically very awesome recently. But with the like in here in Hollywood is the new IP, the new contents. To see the Hollywood, what they created, the new IP is only, you know, I think the earliest creation they can have is probably 40 years ago. It's like, you know, Transformers period of time back in the 1980s. This is the latest thing they can create. Just take a look at the Marvel. Marvel has been created like, you know, like a 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And like the uh, Spider-Man, etc. And also... Um, and also, they also need to look into some other culture deposit. For example, like England, their mother country. Our, our Martin is like, uh, you know, 50 years ago's IP was the Lord of the Rings and etc. And the latest creation of IP is, you know, Harry Potter is also something comes from the 20 or 25 years ago. So this make us believe that Hollywood right now has been draining you know, of their vitality. They're out of the imagination. Barbie, well, it's a very good movie, but you have to understand Barbie, the IP also come from like more than 50 years ago. So there's nothing new about, you know, Hollywood, just a one superhero, another about another superhero, one sequel after another sequel, one paying tribute movie to another one. Sand Doom is making some craze and there's Elytra in it here, but Sand Doom is, is also a movie about, you know, one uh, 80 years ago. So, What's new about it and zombies and vampires? There's nothing new in a year. So every time when one movie industry try to shift a gear and are readapting, you know, to the changes, some others will just take over the baton. For example, like 10 or 15 years ago, Japanese and the Korean movie market and Indian movie market, they did show us a lot of inspirations and new things, and which becomes the you know hot topic in Chinese movie market as well as the rest of the world for sure. But also, if you go to the Korean market, you will find out they also fall into the same trap. Another and another zombie movie out of the Korean movie market. And another and another superhero movie in India. So now let's see China. China is a yet another movie market and industry not being touched up on with that kind of you know obsolete movie IP or culture or the theme. China itself has very rich you know, culture deposit. So I think which enabled Chinese movie makers to look into their own culture. For example, we have NASA, a movie about a young hero, a celestial hero, and also we have uh, uh, Feng Shen and. Uh, also a uh, you know a legendary epic movie about chinese you know about chinese you know uh how, how do they describe that yes it's it's ancient history but also with imagination something like that so which is very very different from what hollywood can present or india or japan can present but china is still in a very early budding period of time to make sure those stories can be presented in a very mature, very interesting way with certain proper visual and audio technology. I think this is a great news for the rest of the world because you finally have something new to watch, you know, besides those zombies, vampires, or superheroes. So that is called the China universe or China cosmos. You will see new IPs and new stories. So I think this is, I think, become another, you know, a beacon, another lighthouse in the movie industry, and which can inspire not only Chinese movie uh, makers, Chinese movie audience, but also 
the world audience and the world movie industry. Mm, maybe, like you said, um, uh, Hollywood should explore more uh, history-themed uh, films that could be more popular or more attractive to. Oh, uh, they do. Audiences. They did. They did. They used to have one of the TV sequel uh, called "You Know Journey to the West: The、mm. Legend of the Monkey King," but they they totally screwed it up. They don't understand the culture hint inside of the story. They don't understand the culture deposit inside of the story. What they present is just another superhero movie in the you know in the camouflage of a Chinese legendary figure. So this is totally wrong. So you still need Chinese people to make that kind of movie about Journey to the West about the Monkey King.、Mm, we'll have、uh, more suggestion for Hollywood later on in the show. But Dr. Joe,、um, some people believe、um, you know the reason why there is no Hollywood movies during、um, the Spring Festival holiday has to do with a restriction imposed by the watchdog, the Chinese watchdog, to protect locally produced films. But we also see、uh, Joe Baoling. Deputy General Manager of、uh, China Film Group once mentioned in an interview specifically, there is no such thing as the so-called Domestic Film Protection Month, and he said many foreign film distributors now tend to deliberately avoid face-to-face -face clashes with Chinese blockbusters as、uh, Chinese-made films become more and more competitive. So, how persuasive does that sound to you, Dr. Zhou? Yeah, in my understanding, I don't think that the、uh, restrictions are there because you know when the market is already mature, there are so many competition. I have to say that the actors, I mean, not only the you know the, the real actors, but the actors of the movie makers, they are doing a lot to try to compete the best and the the most、uh, potential market in the world about the movies and Chinese market. That is、uh, the answer. So I think that they are trying to grasp. The ideas and some of the intentions of the Chinese consumers to produce the movies for them, as you may find that for the Hollywood movies, a lot of uh, uh, the the people from the Oriental the cultures they are they have been integrated in those movies. But now we didn't see that much, you know, actors or elements in, embedded in the movies. So I think that is、uh, one of the reasons that Chinese. Audience maybe not so interested in those movies now, so I I have to say that the market to trying to work to talk for themselves. They will decide what kind of movies they would like to have. So in this regard, I would say that for Chinese audience, it's it's a problem of uh, uh, which movies are the best choices. I don't think that Hollywood movies have lost the Chinese market. They are still there, and they they will be you know better in the future if they can produce better、uh, movies. As you,、uh, the, the the expert has mentioned that the artificial intelligence has made it a little bit different. As for the relation between the audience of different actors in the movie makers, and also the capitals are changed. So I I do think that maybe we can have a better you know communications between the different movie makers in the world because the movies is a representant of、uh, the cultures. So if we would like to have some movies, we we are trying to look at. Some Some of the element and trying to to see、uh, is that worth for us to spend about one half an hour or two hours staying in a cinema to to look at the story that the director want to show us? Is that really a matter that、uh, you know we want to share those experiences with our friends? So it's a, a story,、uh, a story making, but not only a story. It's a lot of con、uh, correlations with our actual life. Mm. Dr. Joe, you mentioned、uh, you don't believe、uh, Hollywood has lost a Chinese audience, but there seems to be some opposite opinion in, in 
the states because um, the New York Times it carried an article saying Chinese moviegoers have lost interest in in Hollywood movies um, because you know from the box office revenue uh, China achieved last year more than eighty percent came from uh, domestic. Productions, which means um, less than twenty percent was from um, imported films, including those produced in Hollywood. That actually stands in sharp contrast with the situation some seven or, or eight years ago in twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen or even earlier, when revenue from a、uh, imported films, mainly Hollywood blockbusters, made up more than half of the national total. And、uh, in twenty nineteen,、um, foreign films. Still made up some forty percent of the total revenue. So, what do you think happened during the last、um, three or four years? Then, yeah,、uh, in my understanding, I don't think that you know the movie makers have lost their abilities to gain Chinese audience,、mm-hmm. uh, Chinese audience. Then what's、heart. the problem? Then? But yeah, but there are some problems because they are not so. I mean, some of them are so prone not to listen to the audience ideas. They just trying to focus on their own ideas. And I, I have to say that the communications between the audience and the movie makers are really important. Not just trying to imagine that the audience will have to choose your movies. You have to listen to what they really want, and they can provide better and more fresh or you know ideas to them. That is what they want to have. As for Chinese、uh, audience, I think that they do really like to to test the different. Cultures and movies are playing the very important role in this regard. All right, then,、uh, David, what would be your interpretation if、uh, Hollywood hasn't lost any or entirely lost Chinese audience? You know, you've mentioned a lot of、um, blockbusters, and、um, I remember in 2012, seven of the ten highest-grossing films were were U.S. made. Or do you think those days are gone? Well, I think we already talked about that a little bit. I think one、yeah. of, one of the reasons is the Hollywood films are getting more and more formulaic and and more、uh, uncreative. As I, I think it was、uh, Dr. Cho, I think he said that. That's one reason. The other reason is the Chinese films are just getting better. They're 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 they can compete with the American films. But I, I'd like to mention one aspect here that we haven't mentioned, and that is the, uh, uh, whether or not Chinese films are now reaching the Chinese audience a, a greater acceptance and a popularity with the Chinese audience. Can they, at the same time, pull off this magic that Hollywood is able to do, but not only attract American audiences with Hollywood films, but also audiences all over the world? At now, least they now, did it here in the home market, right? That's yeah, the first so, step. So, yeah, right. So the the question is, can they go、uh, global with with this with the with the good films? Because they're good films, but can they attract foreign audiences as well? If you remember.、Uh, Back when I when Kung, when the first Kung Fu Panda film came out, which is was it Disney or Pixar? I can't remember who makes that film, but there are a lot of、uh, writers and cultural critics in China who were saying, "Oh dear, what has happened? They've taken Chinese、uh, culture and they've made it into you know a very popular thing. Why couldn't we have done that?" Well, of course, if you watch that film, it's really not a Chinese film. <laughs> they've just taken pandas and snakes and dragons and stuff, and they're basically the the actors. Or the characters are basically just American, you know, actors. I mean, American characters who are acting out in, in Chinese garb is really all it is. And so, the, so and also very funny. And they also the Hollywood films like that are made、uh, specifically to be global in popularity. They they very carefully make the scripts and the plots and everything easily understandable to most people from you know most cultures. They also are very careful about.、Uh, 
the translations, whether it be the subtitle translations or the dubbing translations, to make sure that when it's shown on screens in China, for example, that the dubbing or the subtitles are accurate and are funny also, equally funny. That's one thing. But now we take the film that we just referred to, the film of, of Nadro, the, the boy, the little boy animation. I watched that film very with great interest because I thought this film, technically, the animation was fantastic. I mean, it was really, really good. It was so visually stunning. It was as good as any uh, animation film I've ever seen from the United States. And of course, the, the plot and the material was very Chinese. It comes directly from this Chinese legend. But I was watching it with some Americans and two women, in fact. And we got watched finish the film, the two American women who weren't China hands, they hadn't been in China very long. But they said, I don't know that film. I didn't really like the little boy. He wasn't a positive case. He seemed kind of too angry and he wasn't cute. And I thought, hmm, there's a cultural difference here. It might be that the, the visual effects are excellent, but it might be the way they characterize the performers there is maybe wouldn't touch and be attractive to an American audience. This is something that you have to pay attention to. Yes, uh, I'll be... another, another characteristic, another problem is the fact that English is a sort of a global language now. People are much more willing to watch a film in English, but American audiences, of course, won't watch any foreign film unless it's dubbed and they don't even like that. But think of the example of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which when it came out, it was a huge hit in the United States, even though it was a, it was a Chinese film, it was all in Chinese. It still had a big box office in the United States. So it's not just the language bar barrier. Chinese filmmakers have to learn how to make something that will be popular in both China and the rest of the world. And that might be a challenge. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it's a very critical issue for Chinese movies in terms of how to make it more attractive to overseas audience, especially for David as a cultural lover. But maybe that's for an another episode. But here, what we are focusing on, you know, the Chinese market, which is uh, what the Hollywood movie makers are most concerned right now, because this is the biggest market. If Hollywood blockbusters lose the interest of a Chinese audience, it would be a big loss for them. So to Dr. Chi, to what extent do you think the, the geopolitical tensions between China and the U.S. Ha had played a um, role here in this regard? No, I don't think geopolitical tension will play any role in the uh, movie you know, watching in the market. I give a very extreme example. Uh, do you know that India movie is one of the hottest and most popular movie genre among Pakistan? When you're talking about geopolitical conflict, well, I can tell you that doesn't matter. If it's a good movie, people will acknowledge that. Similar story happened with also South Korean and North Korean's movie market. South Korean movies are popular among North Korean uh, viewers or audience. So I don't, th I don't think that can be a problem. I think the problem is that how can you tell a really good story yourself? And I think human nature can really connect with each other. People will have the nature to emphasize, to understand the similar and common nature of human being. That's very, very important. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think Hollywood still is the best among all the you know, movie makers, movie industry around the world. What you mentioned, uh, you know, this kind of uh, hesitation, frustration of sense comes from Hollywood basically are because Hollywood are losing not only the Chinese market or Japanese market, etc., but they are losing to themselves. Just consider about the heydays in Hollywood. 
like 1980s, 1990s. When you consider there, they used to produce the movie like The Shawshank Redemption, The Brave Heart, you know, The Schindler's List. That's something we call movie, you know. And the best movie I've watched last year is Barbie. You know, can you imagine that? <laughs> Or <laughs> Or the La La Land.、Mm. If you have ever watched the Singing in the Rain, you will know La La Land is only good, but the, you know Singing in the Rain is like epic. So I think that can be a problem. And lots of people are putting their imagination right now and putting their bet on AI, but they don't quite understand the AI's mechanism. Because AI is, you know, mathematically, it's just a matching system. It's an algorithm to make perfect matches. But if you want to match, There is a precondition. You have to match something already exists. A movie or literature, you know, or novel means something. You have to create something non-exist. It's pure about it, purely about imagination, right? So AI would not lead the movie industry into a higher ground, but only make one after another replicas or sequels, you know. So I don't think it's going to be a good news. In fact, there is a book in America right now. It's called "Fuzzy and Technology," and why liberal art students or liberal art practitioners will rule the digital world. That emphasizes imagination and this originality will actually dominate. You know, this algorithm-based matching system created by AI. So I think right now for the Hollywood, they really instead of. Worrying about okay, there is tension between China and America, or、uh, America was the rest of the world. America was Iran. America was, you know, India or something. They should consider how should I forget about that, and、uh, how should I forget about those lucrative IP, once lucrative IP, and create some other new things. As long as you can make good new things, I think you know, no matter where the audience are, they will buy it. The chat lounge. The chat lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Talking about those blockbusters、um, starting next Friday, several Hollywood blockbusters and re-releases will pack Chinese cinemas, including new releases such as Kung Fu Panda 4 and、uh, Godzilla plus Kong: The New Empire, and release of the. Of the sci-fi epic Dune,、um, which、uh, was mentioned previously, and grossed over thirty-six million dollars in China three years ago. So, Doctor Chi, how, how do you expect them to perform? Will Hollywood face another year of disappointment in China again? <laughs> well, I think the year of twenty twenty-four will be another year of disappointment for sure. Why? And not because of Chinese market. Chinese market doesn't have a negative feeling about American movie again. We only love good stories, and we hate bad stories. And secondly, this year is an economic rebound of China. So people are, like I mentioned, in eight days we have spent 1.1 billion U.S. dollar on the movies, and I think our pockets are fully prepared for the movie theaters. And I, I would like to,、uh, you know, reiterate again: Chinese movie capacity of our productions is not enough, which means Chinese movie makers cannot supply the whole market full of 1.4 billion people with. As many and as good as enough movies to those market, which means Hollywood still have a very large chunk of pie they can take in. The problem only comes from Hollywood themselves. I just、uh, watched the trailer of what they're going to release in 2024. 
you know, Monster Hunter sequel. There's IP from Japan, and also no, uh, there is No Man's Land, and this is a IP from the video games. And another John Wick, another Sand Do. There is no originality at all, and there's no such things called pay tribute to Eastern or Oriental cultures. So if you cannot accommodate. To the taste and appetite to Asian audience. If you cannot create anything new, how can people buy it? And I think this is going to be the source of the huge disappointment, you know, of Hollywood in Asian markets. It seems、um, the taste of Chinese audience sounds like more sophisticated than、uh, that of、uh, the audience in the States, at least to me. But、uh, Dr. Joe, what's your observation here? Uh, personally, I think that for the movies,、uh, there are many reasons why the the people will go to the cinema to watch the movies. Some of them are trying to see some original story. Some of them are trying to see others, the other guys'、uh, stories. But some of them are trying to see some imaginary, like for the, the you know the science fictions. So I, I do believe that、so、the people are going to the cinemas in different reasons. As for me, my personally, I will try to see some of the very、uh, imaginary. Movies to discover the outer space and also trying to to have a meet with、uh, the, the you know the past. So I think that the people are having different tastes. So we are trying to look at whether Hollywood can provide some of these、uh, stories, and、uh, you know、uh, there are also another conditions or factor is about the its competitions whether they will have more choices of the the local movies or some of them from other countries. You know, this morning I watched a movie. It's very interesting. It's a Iranian movies, and it's a, about a very common family. So they are struggling trying to 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 touch some people. So I believe that it's no matter how much you have spent for the movie making, but trying to touch and meet the demand of the certain audience, it will be our you know different choices. Right, I'm so jealous of your the flexibility of your working hour. You can watch a movie on a Thursday morning. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, David, um, we've heard a lot from、uh, Dr. Chi about how to, you know, can I use the word save, um, Hollywood, um, on the Chinese market. So, what would be your suggestion for those movie makers in the U.S.? I think what so one of the guests, either Dr. Chi or Dr. Chu, said this is is I think they, if they really want to keep the keep a foot in the Chinese market, that they're going to have to do some some marketing, which means that go out and find out the tastes of the Chinese people, do surveys, you know, do do all sorts of research, and just watch the movies that are that are popular in China and see if you can you can touch the Chinese audience. That's that's one thing they have to do instead of just repeating the same formulas over and over again. You know, that's one thing.、Uh, the other thing is uh, uh, I've seen this with my own. Chinese、uh, students in, in the university. One of the threats to big these big Hollywood blockbusters, and and for that matter, the Chinese as well, is we're kind of moving into a more multifaceted media environment where it's not just movies, but it's also TV series, which are very often very long, much longer than movies, but are the same quality and can sometimes get into to more depth.、Mm. And a lot of this, my my students,、uh, they either have net Netflix or they're able to download some of these movies. They are watching some of these movie,、uh, these TV series, which are not thought of as Hollywood exactly, and they're not thought of as blockbusters because people don't watch them in the theater; they watch them at home. A lot of this, a lot of those, are stealing, you know, viewers away from the Hollywood blockbusters because sometimes they're better actually. And sometimes my students, they say, "Oh, have you watched this?" They actually recommend TV series for me, 
And the other thing is, uh, one of the big blockbusters out of South Korea was Squid Game, which was not a movie, but it was incredibly popular on Netflix. It was watched probably more than than most uh, foreign films shown in the United States in theaters. And I think that's a, that's a trend that we're definitely seeing. And I think if the Chinese movie industry is smart, and they are, and they already have, there are already Chinese series, obviously. We've seen uh, several of them. The, the uh, Fan Hua recently was a popular series, not a movie, but a series. And I think that's kind of the future on a lot of these things. And I think, I think Hollywood has got to be aware of this and to take advantage of it. And by the way, I'm on net, I do download things from Netflix. There are many, many Chinese movie series, TV series and movies that we don't know. I don't have the statistics, but a lot of people are downloading them and watching them because they have subtitles, they have dubbing, and they're really good films. So I, I think that's part of the secret wired. We're not watching these blockbusters because there's a lot better stuff in the sort of the alternative uh, media universe of long TV, long form TV series. Right. Um, but, but if someone's got only two hours like me, um, you know, I don't have that much time for a whole series of uh, like um, more than 10 hours at least. No, no, right. No, no, no. You've been, no, you've been, you can either binge watch it, which is you watch it all like a D 10 hours. You know, you watch two, two episodes tonight and you, and before you go to bed next night, you watch two more and two more. You don't watch it all in one sitting. That's be impossible usually. But there is this thing of binge watching, you know. Right. That could be a choice. But I'm trying to bring up another solution. Um, you know, it's also connected to some uh, movie uh, Dr. G previously mentioned, Shawshank Redemption. You know, it could be a redemption for Hollywood. Um, we've seen this staged adaptation of the film Shawshank Redemption here in, in China. It's directed by Zhang Weili, right, a prominent Chinese actor and director, and I, I believe also a, a friend of David. So, David, I, I once tried to spot you from the cast, but failed. I uh, thought you would be a perfect choice. Can you tell <laughs> us more about this play? Obviously, your well, your friend, a Canadian friend. Um, yeah. Dashan, I, I don't remember yeah, his English that, name, right? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 they, when, when Zhang Weili had this idea, I think he first contacted... Uh, Dashan, which is called Mark. His name is Mark Rosewell. He's Canadian, Xiangxiang performer, obviously. Right. And ask him to play the role of Red in the Shawshank Redemption. They did ask me to, to take part. They asked me to play a role. And I said, I just can't do it. I've got too many other things to do because they were spending, you know, months rehearsing this. Uh, but they did finally find an Andy. Uh, they were, had to go through many actors. They finally got an Australian who speaks really good Chinese, almost native. And uh, yeah, it was a stage play. It's already been performed many times and it's a big hit. And I think this goes back to, I think what Dr. Chu was saying that, you know, the Shawshank Redemption is one of those legendary Hollywood movies mm. that, that wasn't actually a blockbuster when it first came out. If you remember, True. It, was, it, it didn't have huge box office, but later on it, it's now known as one of the most popular films of all time. And I think for Chinese viewers, Definitely, it's it's listed all among the top three popular Hollywood films of all time. So uh, yeah, if you could, if Hollywood can find another Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> then you know you would definitely uh, you know as we've all said, pe people audiences they're only human. They want to see humanly interesting films. They want to see films that move you at a very human level, and Shawshank Redemption fits that that bill. It, it's it's a very a very uh, moving film about hope and hopelessness and how to survive in a terrible situation. So 
Yeah, I, I, I think that Shawshank Redemption is a good example of a kind of a groundbreaking Hollywood movie that was not high budget, but was hugely successful. And it's probably garnered a lot more viewers than some of these other so-called Hollywood blockbusters. All right. Uh, we come to the last part of uh, today's chat is the outlook of a Chinese movie market in the year 2024. Um, to all of you, do you expect the Chinese movie market to hit new highs in box office revenue this year? I think we have been actually world number one movie market back in its pre-pandemic era. I don't remember the exact years, but after the pandemic, we dropped to, I think it's not too bad, but behind the U.S. market. But what about this year? Let's start with um, maybe David. I think, as I said before, um, I really see from watching these films in the last few years, and as a film viewer and someone and someone who loves film, I love to watch films, and I'm very happy to see what's happening with the Chinese market. But I'm seeing films that are of such high quality and uh, such such a comp- complex plots and and very very well acted. I think Chinese film industry is already on the road to to being a, a big competitor worldwide. And certainly is on the road to dominating the Chinese market for years to come. So I'm pretty optimistic about not only 2024, but 25, 6, 7, and 8. I think the Chinese film industry, in the English, we have a saying, they found their legs. That means they found the secret of you know producing great stuff consistently. And I think that uh, that's going to only continue. Whatever the Hollywood does, the Chinese film market is going to stay strong for the near future. I believe that. Mm. And Dr. Joe, um, global auditing and consultancy firm of PwC actually expects China to have the world's biggest film market by 2025. So how optimistic are you in this regard? Yeah, in my understanding, there may be three factors that are very important. The first one is uh, whether there are happening enough movies to present it to the audience of Chinese consumers. I think the answer is definitely yes, because that not only the Chinese producers are trying to make movies, they have working so hard in the last year to produce the better and the more movies, but they have to arrange the time of the schedule to show the movies. And the second, you know, they are not only coming from China, but also from Hollywood, from India, or even from Japan. They're also trying to, to attract the Chinese consumers. It's very important. And I definitely have confidence on that. On the second day is also our, the answer is yes. That is the cinemas. We know that after the, the change of the policies for the cinemas, uh, there are so many so many cinemas that are interested to, to do more, to improve their abilities to present the movies. I think that is uh, the answer. And the, the third one, the third factor is that the uh, audience themselves. I do believe that Chinese consumers, you know, having more uh, time, not only about the money, they, they want to, change their habit a lot, not only stay in the office, they also want some relaxful time to go to the cinemas. So for these three factors, I, I believe that is, uh, you know, the answer is yes, but I, I still have some concerns that is about the other platform, like the TV series, like David mentioned, and also the short videos platform. So they are trying to also get some of the parts, some share of the market. So there may be some competition between them. And I believe that it's very potential for us to look at our are much potential uh, results this year in Chinese uh, cinemas. Well elaborated. And finally, Dr. Chi, your vision here, please. Yes, I'm thinking China right now is, you know, in the very beginning of a new period of time of reshaping and refining their movie industries right now. 
Because movie art is very, you know, young art in China. I think movie industry in China is still simple and naive and it's very young, uh, not very mature. China used to uh, take a, a little large detour in this industry's development. For example, um, in the 19 uh, in the 1960s and 1980s, we only tried to you know uh, film whatever we want to film, and then in the 1980s when China opened up, we only tried to you know uh, make the movie about the Chinese society in our own narrative. And in the 1990s, we tried to mimic Hollywood and copy their way of making movies. But only in the current, you know, five or 10 years, China find out that we need to find out our own culture deposit, but also present in the most modernized and matured way of movie industry. And then we have many good movies uh, currently. And I think when, if the movie uh, market and movie industry want to grow up and face the rest of the world, you know, first of all, you need to find the originality of your own culture. You have to find your own charm. You have to find out uh, your own essence. This is step one. Without it, you're only a copycat to the Hollywood or other you know, movie industry. But secondly, it's also very important is that you need to tell the story in a modernized way, in a way the modern audience can understand. And step three is that you have to tell the story in a universal way. It's a Chinese essence, Chinese culture, Chinese story. But you have to tell it in a way that world audience will all understand. And I think there are two countries, you know, they're cha- they championed in this aspect. Number one, I think it's UK. British storytellers are doing very well. They made sure Harry Potter and Lord of the Ring become world popular topic and IP. A second one is Japan. Japan are doing also very well and by popularizing their IPs, their stories. And don't get it wrong. Well, I think Dawei just mentioned the language is one of the strengths of, you know, uh, UK or American movie industry. I don't think so, because in Japan, sometimes they don't even try to translate their movie, their anime or etc. But only the fans do it for them, because if you can tell the story right, if you can have the really attractive IP, you know, the whole world market as the same human being, they will buy it, they will understand it and that they will like it. So I think that is going to be the future for Chinese movie industry. Three steps. You cannot just skip either one of them. Mm. Then do you expect uh, the Chinese market to to reclaim the global top notch uh, in terms of box office revenue in the new year? Oh, yes, we will. In the regard of the profit, China will, you know, in no time climb to the top or one of the top in the world movie market. But can we be the most popular movie makers and movie market in the whole world? And I think we still need to ponder on that question. Right. That's very thought-provoking. And on that note, we've come to the end of our chat. Many thanks to Dr. Chang, Research Fellow, Beijing Foreign Studies University. Dr. Zhou Mi, Deputy Director, Institute of American and Oceania Study, Chinese Academy of International Trade and Economic Cooperation. And David Moser, Associate Professor of Beijing Capital Normal University, sharing your experiences and insightful views with us. The show is available on all major podcast platforms. If you have anything to say about the topic or the show, just email radio at cgtn.com. I'm Tuyin. Thank you for being with us. We'll have more chat next week. Music